This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 23rd of February. In your squiz today, superannuation changes are on the cards, Oz and the Philippines team up, getting savvy about scams and a voyage to Eurovision. This is your squiz today. Claire, there's been a lot in the news this week about the future of Australia's $3 trillion superannuation system and the policy that surrounds it. And yesterday, PM Anthony Albanese said that although his government doesn't want to make major changes to it, legislating its purpose is important. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, you'll be all over the fact that Albanese was speaking at the press club. So well done to you. <laughs> uh, and just to go back to why superannuations in the news this week, uh, Treasurer Jim Chalmers gave a speech on Monday where he raised concerns about the sustainability of superannuation tax concessions. Now, look, I know it's early in the morning and I don't want to completely <laughs> blind you with all of this, so we'll try and make it as simple as possible. Uh, essentially, there are tax breaks in place that allow Australians to make extra contributions to their super that cost the federal budget about $52 billion a year. Chalmers says that if things don't change, there will be more spent on superannuation tax breaks than the age pension by 2050. So that really set the hair's racing because Labor promised not to touch superannuation at the election. So understandably, Albanese got a few questions on it yesterday. The Albanese government's focus on this hasn't come out of nowhere, Claire. In 2020, a coalition commissioned review into retirement income was handed down. It found that the system benefited wealthier individuals and it also pointed to people using it to build multi-million dollar super balances that attract little to no tax. Yeah, and that's why capping superannuation balances to two to $5 million was also discussed. Alice, I don't know about you, but I'm not quite up to that level <laughs> yet. Uh, but it really nails why Chalmers and Albanese are talking about defining the purpose of superannuation. Uh, Chalmers said, essentially, uh, if you have enough wealth to build those multi-million dollar balances, then maybe government tax concessions isn't the best way to allocate government's tight budgets. Uh, but the coalition isn't happy about the potential changes. Uh, leader Peter Dutton says that it would amount to dudding older Australians who have worked hard and saved for their retirement based on the current rules. But still, Chalmers hasn't ruled out implementing any changes in the upcoming May budget. So strap yourself in. We're likely to hear much more on this. Squizzes, we're back on defence and security. It's been a bit of a theme this week. <laughs> defence Minister Richard Miles has confirmed that Australia and the Philippines are in talks to undertake joint patrols in the South China Sea. It's a critical trade route to our north and it's an area that China's been making claims on, setting up territorial disputes with nations like the Philippines. 
Yeah, that's right. And Miles has been in Manila. He was meeting with his Philippines counterpart and said that we're both countries that are committed to the global rules-based order. Uh, So it's natural that we should have these sorts of talks about how we can cooperate. Uh, Essentially what joint patrols mean is that we send naval ships to the area and cruise through uh, like we have the right to do. And we've done that in the past. But the thinking is you team up with other nations and then it's harder for China to make a fuss about it. Uh, This potential partnership with the Philippines could deepen even further. Uh, There was also a commitment to hold annual security talks because both of our nations are concerned about China's aggressive stance on territorial matters in our region. Uh, And it's worth noting that the Philippines is also deepening ties with America. Uh, They've been holding talks in recent weeks. Yeah, they've been discussing similar joint patrols and an agreement to allow US troops access to more of the Philippines' military bases. A lot of these discussions are down to the new president, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. He took office last year and he's taking a more pro-America approach than his predecessor. Claire, I don't know about you, but I've become a bit desensitised to scam calls and text messages because of Mm. the sheer number of them that I receive. And new data out from the Bureau of Stats confirms it's a growing problem. More than two-thirds of Aussies aged 15 years and over, which equates to a massive 13.2 million of us, were exposed to a scam call between 2021 and 2022. Yeah, and no joke, Alice, as you and I were discussing putting the podcast together last night, I got a scam text message, the one saying, hi, I'm at Coles and (laughs) I don't have my card. Can you send me $350? And I got a scam call. So they're still out and about. But what uh, the Bureau of Stats says is that the most common scams are over the phone and text message. Uh, I got both of those. Uh, It also says that people aged between 45 and 64, particularly those living in the city, are most likely to fall victim to scams. Uh, We're becoming, though, a lot more savvy about it. Uh, Just 2.7% of those who reported one of those contacts said that they fell for it. Uh, That's down from 3.6% in the previous year. Yeah, and more people are also reporting the scams to financial institutions and the police, although the data says that 40% of the most serious crimes are still going unreported. Sydneysiders won't need me to tell them that La Nina is going out with a bang. The city received a thorough drenching on Tuesday, Claire, but the Bureau of Meteorology says the wet weather system could potentially finish up by the end of this month. So the good news is that that might be drying up. The less good news, though, is that international modelling is showing that there's a good chance that Australia will head into an El Nino event next summer. That's La Nina's hotter and drier brother. It also comes as the Climate Council puts out a new report warning that three years of rain and above average rain that a lot of Australia has received has primed us for a big grass fire season over the coming months. Uh, There's already been a lot of fires across pretty much every state and territory uh, in recent weeks, but the report says that that could get worse. Yeah, that's backed up by satellite images that show big fuel loads across the country that are starting to dry out, and that could potentially create a powder keg, as they're calling it. Thanks to that expected El Nino system, the report says there's a higher risk of bushfires in Australia next summer. 
As a fan of ABBA, I'm also, by extension, a fan of the Eurovision Song Contest, Claire. (laughs) And our entry for this year's comp has just been named as Perth-based synth metal band Voyager. Apparently, their sound equates to, this is the quote, the love child of the Potbelly's 2008 dance anthem, Don't Hold Back, and Lordy's Eurovision 2006 winner, Hard Rock, Hallelujah. Alice, there's a bit to unpick there, including that you're <laughs> a Eurovision fan, so we'll just park that there for a minute. Uh, but on Voyager, the band features, and again, this is a quote, big guitars, guitar solos, uh, and drive rhythms it's not a Eurovision song if it doesn't have a guitar you know the sort of guitars with the keyboard on it Uh, it is the first time that Australia has sent a band to Eurovision uh, and they also say that it's the first time since 2018 that the host broadcaster which is SBS has made that selection without holding any sort of public national final and no pressure on Voyager but they could be our last entrance that's because our contract with the Eurovision organisers that allows Australia to take part runs out this year. If you want to add it to your diary, the Eurovision final is on May 14th in Liverpool, England, and I'll pop a link to Voyager's entry song Promises, which features said guitar in the episode (laughs) notes. And that's us done for today. Just a reminder that Squiz Shortcuts is out. And Claire, you and Kate are delving into the world of artificial intelligence chatbots. Yeah, so chat GPT has been such a big talking point around our office. I'm sure it's been around a lot of places uh, in particularly the last couple of weeks. It was a really good one to do. I really enjoyed researching and doing that one with Kate. So, uh, yeah, really encourage you to have a listen. It's a lot of fun, but it's also really interesting and informative. Yeah, I'll pop a link to that in today's episode notes too. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.